You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the friendly confines of Peak North, I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G., welcoming you to another episode of the Locked On Thunder podcast and saying happy Batman Day. September 21st is officially the day that we celebrate the Cape Crusader around the world. Although there are internet reports that say it's September 15th and another one I read which is May 1st. So I don't know why exactly it's September 21st, but considering that Batman is my all-time favorite comic book hero, can't say superhero because he doesn't have powers, or I should just say comic book character, go get dressed up like Batman today, go into Walmart, make your car look like the Batmobile, or just do what I did, get a Batman tattoo, but go celebrate the greatest comic book character we have. Also, today is Earth, Wind, and Fire Day, September 21st. I don't think that needs explanation. And with all that being said, coming up on today's episode, we will talk about what Doc Rivers said in his LA Times article concerning when the Thunder wanted to break up their team. And I'll also disagree with something that John Hamm, one of the major Thunder influencers, had to say on Twitter. We'll do a Deontay Burton player capsule today, and we'll explain the new tampering rules. My name is Eric G. I am Pat Jones, co-host on 97.1 The Sports Animal in Tulsa. I'm also the editor-in-chief of Thunder Maven, and find us on Twitter at Thunder Maven, which happens to be a Sports Illustrated channel dedicated to covering all things Thunder. In Sports Talk Radio, you are taught to never assume. And what that means is never assume, one, that everyone has listened to you for a full three hours of a show. Never assume that the people listening to you know exactly what you're talking about. And if you have to, go over something again, blow by blow, so you're doing your listeners the best service. Always try and give them something of value as well. So that's what I'm going to do with this Doc Rivers story, which came out a couple of days ago in the LA Times. I'm not going to assume you read it. So I will tell you in that story, Doc Rivers says the reason the Clippers were able to obtain the services of both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George is because they knew Oklahoma City wanted to break up their team. Now that is being disputed. And when you take it in and of itself, you can have a couple of reactions to it. One, Steve Ballmer's a Seattle guy, so why not just pour salt in Oklahoma City's wounds considering the fact that you've completely destroyed their team at this time or at least made them a non-contender? Two, you could be like me, shake your your head and say, well, yeah, based on results, that's true. Or you can look a little deeper into it like I'm going to here. Now, John Hamm says that that can't be true. Can't be true that the Thunder wanted to break up the team because there's no way you bring in guys like Alec Burks and Mike Muscala to try and help out Russell Westbrook and Paul George if you're just going to deal them off. But let's think about this for a second. All right, first and foremost, and I love and respect John immensely, but first and foremost, the Oklahoma City Thunder were capped out. They were heavy into the luxury tax. And Alec Burks, who in the last year ended up playing for four teams despite shooting 40% from the floor and another 36% from three, has pretty much been relegated to journeyman status. And I know he was signed by the Golden State Warriors this year, but he, along with Mike Muscala, who was part of three teams last year, aren't exactly the type of free agent pieces that are going to be complete difference makers, say, like, and I know this is a stretch, a guy like Jimmy Butler or 
a guy like Patrick Beverly that I always thought that the Thunder could use, or a guy like J.J. Redick, Kyrie Irving, so forth and so on. And again, I'm not really basing this all on position. I'm basing it on guys that who are out there, Al Horford, etc. These were just guys. They were who you could get for the money that you had. And the only reason you were getting them is because you felt like you needed to fill holes in certain area because even though Patrick Patterson had exercised his player option, you knew you couldn't rely on him at the floor, and at least Muscala would be a serviceable backup for a guy like Jeremy Grant, and Burks is a guy that could give you some shooting coming off the bench, but none of those guys were going to put you over the top. And I'll go back to what Sam Presti said, not this press conference, not this exit interview, but the last one, and I've done this before, where Sam Presti said, we will go under the luxury tax as long as we think this team can win. But I don't think Sam Presti had any idea that this team could win. Plus, with agents and players talking, I think word got out with Paul George that he was a guy they, you know, that wanted to leave at some point. Now, that being said, Doc Rivers said the only way the Clippers could get Kawhi Leonard was to bring Paul George on. They gave they gave Kawhi Leonard a, a list of players who say, all right, if we could get somebody to pair you up with since you won't come here strictly on your own, who would it be? Paul George was the guy. He was the only guy. Clips didn't necessarily know they could get him, but they had an idea that Oklahoma City wanted to pull the plug. So they make Oklahoma City an offer. And here's the key part. This ought to tell you something about Sam Presti. The offer originally for Paul George was refused. Okay, so Sam Presti said no. That meant that the Clippers had to come back to Sam Presti. Sam Presti very shrewdly tells the Clippers that Paul George is not available. So the Clips then put themselves into a situation where Doc Rivers is trying to convince his owner desperately. This isn't just a deal for Paul George that you're giving up this haul for. It's Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Let's just go ahead and sell everything right now for a better opportunity to win a championship, something that Clippers fans have never had. Eventually, Balmer bites. And at this point, yes, I'm going to assume you know exactly what happened about the record haul that Sam Presti got along with Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Danilo Gallinari. What I came away from all this thinking was, is one, Sam Presti knew how to turn the screws on on a guy like Steve Ballmer, knew how to get to Doc Rivers and and get the most out of Paul George. I mean, he found them desperate because essentially Kawhi Leonard wasn't coming to Los Angeles. That wasn't going to happen. Well, if he was, he was going to be a Laker. He wanted to be a Clipper, but there wasn't enough around him. And Sam Presti knew how to take advantage of that. And when we criticize Sam Presti and we think about the James Harden trade or or drafting a guy like Mitch McGarry or drafting a guy like Cameron Payne, never forget this moment. Never forget that Sam Presti took advantage of a desperate organization and squeezed the absolute life out of them. Now, if the Clippers get a championship out of this and then the Thunder don't, it doesn't look that good. But I don't think you can say with any certainty that the Clippers are going to win the championship this year. And I don't think with any certainty you could say that they're necessarily getting out of the West. Considering the fact that the Jazz made moves to pick up a guy like Mike Conley, they're deep. 
Portland's still deep, and they added Hassan Whiteside this year. Oh, let's not forget LeBron James and Anthony Davis have teamed up for the Lakers. Yeah, so you got Kawhi, and so you've got Paul George, and so Kawhi won it with a bunch of dudes last year, but nothing in this is guaranteed. And ultimately, the way things look, if you're a Thunder fan, the bright side, the glasses have full look at this, is that Sam Presti got over and will eventually be able to take all these assets and turn them into something. That is what I walked away from it thinking. And yes, I do think the Thunder wanted to break up this team. I think Sam Presti had realized long ago that he wasn't going to do any better than maybe getting the second round of the playoffs. He knew that the finals was going to be an absolute stretch. They had maxed everything. Plus, going back to the whole idea of picking up Burks and Muscala, the other thing I think Sam Presti finally set in for Sam Presti, if I, if I feel that all this didn't necessarily happen back in the early months of this year and it all took place in the, the latter part of the year or the mid part of the year, meaning when free agency and summer started, is that he found the market for Dennis Schroeder just wasn't open the way he thought it was going to be, no matter how good Dennis Schroeder was last year. He also found that the market for Steven Adams wasn't going to yield you anything. And most disappointingly, the market for Jeremy Grant wasn't going to bring you back a ready-made player who might be able to give you some wing help. Because I think that's one of the things you get with Mike Muscala. You bring him in, not just for a backup role for Jeremy Grant, but to take over that four spot and spin Grant to go get you some wing help, and it just wasn't there. The best he could get for him was draft picks. And once Sam Presti realized all that, he knew he had to sit the reset button. And if that gave the Clippers a little bit of an edge to pull this off, I'm fine with it because ultimately in the future, Oklahoma City's better off. This is the Locked On Thunder podcast brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G. And whatever you are wearing right now, Mack Weldon is better. So just for... Grins and giggles today. Go to MacWeldon.com. Use the promo code Locked On and get 20% off your first purchase. Actually, not just for grins and giggles. Go to MacWeldon.com. It's better than what you're wearing. You'll look great. You'll be happy. Use the promo code Locked On and get 20% off. Coming up next on the Locked On Thunder podcast, we'll break down the new tampering rules that the NBA has put in place. And I'll tell you if they'll be effective or not. It's all right here on LOT. Thank you for listening to the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Eric G. Um, we're doing three days a week now. This is our third podcast of the week. We go to five days a week starting on September the 30th, which is Thunder Media Day. Training camp opens October the 1st. Now, if you're participating outside the U.S., you've got training camp going the 28th. And I knew I knew the 28th was a key day, and I knew some people were, were going into training camp. The Thunder just don't figure into that. Uh, but we'll definitely have you covered on Thunder Maven. So follow us at Thunder Maven on Twitter. We'll also have you covered here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. So make sure you like, subscribe, download, whatever you have to do to listen to us because we will have all things Oklahoma City Thunder. On Friday, the NBA Board of Governors approved a brand new set of rules to hopefully prevent tampering in their eyes, which to me is stupid. Because tampering, as I've said a million times before, is good for the NBA. And if for no other reason, it lets us talk about the NBA year-round. And eventually we get the real story about the teams that we're rooting for 
even if it comes from a source outside. So thank you, Doc Rivers, for imparting that wisdom on us to let us know what was going on behind the curtain with Oklahoma City. But here are some of the rules. Um, as a fan, you'll want to be aware of some of the more interesting rules. And the biggest one for me is that you can void contracts if those contracts violate the salary cap rules. Now, what does this mean? All right, so you're a player. How does my contract violate a salary cap rule? Well, I can't promise you things under the table. I can only promise you what is written in the contract. I can't get you as an owner to take less and then promise you ancillary income from other sources, meaning I can't offer you a space in the team store where you make 100% of the profit to make up the money that you're not making for me. I can't let you invest in things that I own as an owner or other people in the organization own to help you recuperate the money you would have got by signing a max contract or a bigger contract because you wanted to sign with me and possibly play for a championship. Everything's got to be on the up and up. And if it doesn't, then that contract is voided. I don't get to keep you. You don't get to play for me. That has happened in the NBA before, most notably in 96 with Jawan Howard. He signed a seven-year deal with the Heat. It was worth $98 million. It violated some NBA rules. It violated the NBA salary cap rules. Contract was voided. Uh, but don't feel bad for Jawan Howard because he ended up signing a $105 million deal with the Bullets. Also happened to the T-Wolves. Joe Smith had agreed to a deal with the T-Wolves. The NBA found out about it, took away draft picks, ultimately gave some of them back, but they voided that deal. And that's the big thing. The NBA wants to suspend. They want to suspend executives. If you're found tampering, they're going to suspend you. And suspension usually means loss of money. But here's the deal. Jeannie Buss, one of the reasons she got rid of Mitch Kupchak is because Mitch Kupchak wouldn't tamper. He wouldn't get out to let players know that the Lakers were interested in. She was willing to walk on that line. So if I'm an owner, if I'm Jeannie Buss, and there's a player that I want really bad, okay, bad enough that I'm going to break NBA rules, then I'm going to tell my executives, go out, tamper with this guy, recruit him, do whatever you have to do. Treat him like he's a five-star college commit or five-star college recruit, and let's do what we have to do. If you get suspended, don't worry about it. I will make sure that you are taken care of financially. It's a way to get around it. I will make sure that, that you have all your finances taken care of. You and your family won't go hungry. We get this guy. We win. That's great. You're suspended for a year. You're still going to get your salary. And I promise you, you will have a job when you come back. Because if the rules say that I, don't, that I can't fire you or I don't have to fire you, then I'm not going to do it. So it seems like a very pointless rule that the NBA has come up with for this. And going back to the Doc Rivers story. And I probably should have pointed this out in the first segment. Going back to the Doc Rivers story, Doc Rivers admitted that they went to Toronto. He and Steve Ballmer went to Toronto and set courtside to let Kawhi Leonard know, hey, we're here. We went right. I mean, they just that's not under the Raptors' nose. That's giving the Raptors the middle finger. Hey, we are here for you. From a college standpoint, that's like Lincoln Riley going down to Alabama for an, going down to Alabama or going down to Tuscaloosa for an Alabama game and, and, and telling Jalen Hurts, I'm here for you when you want to transfer. That's the equivalent. 
So yeah, the Clippers admit that they tampered and it worked out well for them. I don't think... The, the desired result, which is what the NBA is trying to get at, is to keep these small markets intact. All right, that That's the whole thing here. You want to keep them intact. You don't want the star players always leaving, going to, to bigger markets. You don't want guys who are under contracts to demand trades. It, it makes you look bad. But you can't stop that. You can't stop guys from being friends. You can't stop guys from chasing rings. And you can't stop... What you ultimately can't stop or control is dudes having the, having the right to go where they want to live. And you can find executives. You can, you can void contracts. Players, look, if he's a good enough player, maybe Paul George doesn't play with the Clippers, but he'll still end up with a pretty hefty contract to go play someplace else. And maybe he ends up in a better situation because of it. I would think that teams really, look, even with the loss of draft picks, the loss of money, getting suspended, having players taken out from under them, if you can get around it, it is still worth the risk. Because if your fan base gets a championship, they're happy, you're heralded as a hero, you won't be going anywhere anytime soon. And if it means you have to sacrifice to win now, that's just the name of the game in sports. So there are some of the new rules. Ultimately, I don't think they work. They seem pretty pointless. But, hey, it's the NBA, and I commend Adam Silver for trying to put his best foot forward, but I think it's a problem that didn't necessarily need to be fixed. Coming up next here on the Locked on Thunder podcast, we'll tell you what you can expect from Deontay Burton this upcoming season, and we want to tell you about DoorDash. It's a long day at work. You're still stuck at the office? Well, treat yourself to a meal that you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDON. Finishing up the Locked On Thunder podcast today, I'm Eric G. Again, thank you uh, so much. For joining us today and it's time for our player capsules we try and fit one of these in every podcast today's player Deontay Burton um 6'5 guard out of Iowa State who spent his time last year going back and forth between the blue and the thunder until he was finally taken off a two-way contract and given an NBA contract by the Oklahoma City Thunder and really what we saw out of Deontay Burton is a guy that's got some incredible athletic ability and a guy that Fits that thunder mold of playing positionless basketball. You can put him anywhere. He handles like a guard. He defends. He can rebound. He can jump out of the gym when he needs to. And if you need him to go play the three for a few minutes, he can do that. He can play the four. And he can play the two. So there's three different positions on the floor he can play. But at the four, he's a little bit undersized. He only shoots 29% from the three. So you don't want him out on the wing too much. And that also hurts him as a two-guard. And right now, if you look at him on the two-guard, he is last on the depth chart. Dante Burton last year only averaged seven and a half minutes with the Oklahoma City Thunder. What you can expect for him this year, despite the fact that he signed a two-year deal with the Oklahoma City Thunder, is to fight for playing time. Because the problem with a guy like this, look, positionless basketball is great. I'll be the first to tell you that guys have to be versatile. And Billy Donovan will also tell you that, that when he was had guys in college and he said, if you want to make it 
to the association. You better be able to play more than one position. You better be able to defend more than one position. And you better have so many weapons in the arsenal that you essentially become invaluable to whatever team you're on, even though you're not a superstar. Deontay Burton's not that guy. There, there's not enough weapons in this dude's arsenal for the Thunder to feel that they can't live without him. And the problem with being positionless to an extent is that you don't play one position well enough for you to be high enough on the depth chart or when the Thunder needs someone in a crucial situation, Billy Donovan can look down that bench and point to you and say, all right, go and get him. We need you for defense on this one. Uh, We need you to hit a big bucket. We just need you out on the floor to be accounted for and help our team. That's not him. Um, I think he'll be on this team. I think he'll play it most sparingly, but I would be surprised to see him here much past this year at all. And I think Deontay's a good guy. You know, he's going to work hard, worked on more team-type things during the summer league, and some of that's distributing and just being a guy that's open and a guy that can help his team. But for where Oklahoma City is, and when you're trying to develop young players, Certain guys become disposable, and unfortunately, I think Deontay Burton is one of those guys where he is incredibly disposable for this organization. That wraps things up today here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. We'll be back on Monday with another episode, and our featured player capsule will include Danilo Gallinari. What can we expect from him this year? That's going to be an interesting talk. How long can we expect Danilo Gallinari to be in Oklahoma City. That'll be another topic of discussion, and that's all coming up on Monday. And until then, may God bless you and your family. Everybody love everybody. Peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.